0: Hey guys and welcome to this episode of Trade Talks. I go about as Medici effects and in today's episode, I've got a trader from London. His name is Josh or otherwise known as Wickwidity on Instagram. I'll definitely leave all the links down in the description. So um, welcome.
1: Well, hello. Um, nice to be your first ever podcast I've ever done.
0: Yeah, um, it's really but, nice yeah. to have you yeah so a little backstory for the people that don't know um actually i met uh, josh i think uh eight months ago through instagram seeing that he's uh rather interested in trading and uh yeah, i think it was
1: a story about my dog or something
0: yeah it was a uh, pretty funny we t- i i commented on your dog i don't know it was uh something random and then we just started talking about this and uh i figured out that you uh, wanted to trade as well and then ever since i've kind of um been with you on the road uh, to where you are right now
1: yeah from the beginning it's so amazing how uh from instagram you can actually meet people that yeah. actually want to support you and like help you in a, in a kind of trading journey in a post i think real life it's, it's you know a lot more difficult it's a lot more kind of awkward yeah um, getting those kind of interactions going where it's, it's just at your disposal on instagram yeah it's I, uh, pretty crazy
0: yeah i think that's one of the ways of using instagram which is actually really beneficial so yeah that's really and then cool. crypto
1: twitter i've just started the kind of networking on that yeah and i guess like instagram i feel is more for trading but i think a couple of people are kind of moving from instagram to twitter because i think in you know, the problem with insta it's very materialistic and you know at the start of my journey
0: yeah
1: it was very hard mentally
0: yeah to
1: kind of see all these other people who are like posting screenshots are oh, winning trade winning trade i noticed that you don't ever really post like your you know, the numbers you're making or anything like that. Because yeah. like so many people on Instagram are so obsessed. They have like, this dopamine rush yeah. of, oh, I want to show everyone how well I'm doing. And then, you know, the people who are still learning, like, you know, I'm still a super new trader, like eight yeah. months in.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for me, that became a very issue kind of early on. Like, and, I you know, I realized that and I kind of like leased Instagram, limited it um, to only going on my browser whenever I actually need to go on it. Um, and that's kind of helped a lot in like, my mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Twitter in that sense is a little cleaner space. However, I don't know. I don't see many people actually using it in terms of like their followings aren't as big as on Instagram either way for some reason. Yeah, but also uh, there was somebody on this podcast or somebody I've uh, some webinar I've uh, attended in the last year who said why would traders always flex their um, earnings if you don't flex your nine to five wages a wage slips on instagram like that mentality It's actually pretty interesting so yeah and in that it sense it's like yeah if you don't get paid you know if you get paid in your nine to five you don't take a picture of your weight wage, wage slip sorry and then just share it with your instagram followers i think that's kind of randy but oh well so let's jump in um maybe you can tell everybody how you got into trading what you did before because you actually have a really interesting story before your trading so yeah so
1: i mean before trading i uh i think i started out you know quite young uh thinking okay i want to actually like make some money and i guess that's kind of the wrong way to go about it well maybe it's the right way i don't know um and then so i I, from a young age i got into my first kind of essence of trading was in counter-strike the game Mm. um and that was exchanging gun skins that miraculously had these pixels, these pixels that people were able to flex in the game. Yeah. Um, would have prices, you know, upwards of a thousands of dollars. Um, and then, so basically I kind of got into that for a while, uh, did that for about three, two to three years, uh, from like ages 14 to like yeah. 16, yeah. um, hammering that. And I think the thing with that is that I was completely addicted to the game, not because of playing the game, but because of like finessing people and like, making money off off trading yeah like gun skin so i used to like buy, buy certain knives for like thousands of dollars and then flip them for into like you know certain clients in like dubai and certain other countries and then yeah. over time i managed to turn that into kind of like a consultancy type business um yeah. and so basically just flipping and like consulting with people who were trying to buy big big t- skin i guess that was kind of my first entrance into the trading space and then cashed out of that um made some you know all right money from that Um, Then I became kind of lazy in my life. Um, Didn't really do much until, you know, for a whole year or two years. Um, And then at 18, I got into options from my kind of Wall Street bets and kind of seeing that. I think I thought I I thought it was funny at the start, but then I kind of realized over time that kind of there was certain sentiment on Wall Street bets that significantly commanded the, the Robin Hood options exchange prices. and so. I noticed that and me and my friend kind of, we're quite into what data science, we started kind of tracking that through comment sentiment, et cetera. And then we were able to kind of extract some alpha out of that mm-hmm. um, and it, it was going quite well until obviously COVID hit recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not recently anymore, but uh, yeah, last March. And I was like, fuck, like, I've got all this time um, out of university. Cause obviously I'm at university for, for the last, uh, well, two years, I'm on my third year now. Yeah, as I was like, okay, I might as well. I've not really got any work to do in the summer, so I'm just gonna kind of try and hammer a new skill. Um, you know, I, I've already had a bit of a experience with trading, so maybe I should try FX, largest market. Um, people seem to be doing quite well from it technically. Um, and then so yeah, that's that's how I got into trading. Right.
0: Um,
1: and then particularly the FX influence was from uh this guy called Storm997 or something on Instagram i uh actually was driving down to southampton my university and bombed past him maybe he bombed past me in his like r8 or something and i saw and then i saw like it had like an instagram sticker or yeah. something like that so when i got back to my uni i was like looking up this guy i was like you know obviously that's nice that's a fast r8 like man how's that guy afford that um and i saw that he was part of like fx cartel yeah um and so that was and then i saw that and i didn't really act on that for quite a while um because i saw this all before when i actually got into trading fx but um i saw that and then i was like okay well i want to get into fx so where should i go and learn okay i'll try um cartel and i think i was talking to you a bit about like cartel because i think at the time you were using yeah similar ish strategy but probably with a you know some of you your differences
0: yeah supply and demand here and there but yeah they uh they have really yeah. solid strat not gonna lie yeah
1: yeah and you know it's quite it's quite a simple straightforward strat and so then in you know my, my my start of my journey was with uh, fx cartel now it's interesting because with fx cartel i i do think their strategy is profitable but for my brain i didn't i felt like this thing with my brain was like, i didn't understand enough of why certain things were working mm-hmm. enough and so like although you know, stacking like three confluences on you know fib, EMA, trendline, et etc. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I just kind of got obsessed with the market about understanding kind of what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so then, you know, that kind of set me on the the bad part of learning FX because I think that with FX, you need to find one thing, and you just need to hammer that and get the experience in the markets, in opposed to going around and trying to learn loads of different strategies, loads of strategy, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, because I feel like almost in a sense, I didn't waste the time in the summer, but I felt like if I sh- if I had just you know, dedicated myself to one strategy at the start, then it would have made the learning curve a lot easier. Yeah. Um, because I think that the pair pattern recognition, because yeah. there's some complex stuff going on in our brains um, when we're learning to trade, I think. Um, and I think it's so much more useful to hammer out time on the charts where you're just learning how a pair moves, in opposed to, oh, I want to read loads of books on how to trade, or watch loads of videos on how to trade, or take yeah. loads of courses on how to trade. Oh, this is going to be on my new way. This is going to be on my new way. Yeah. You know? And I got stuck in that cycle for quite a while yeah. um, until I'd say about four months ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Through three or four months ago, when I started to try and like just apply stuff and realize stuff on two pairs, pretty mm-hmm. much, or four pairs, and I've kind of gone down to two. So GJ, EJ, GC, EC, yeah. um, and then now I'm just doing GJ, GC, which I think are the pairs that you trade as well. Kind of yeah. influenced by you because I can kind of yeah. see what you're doing and then compare that. I think that's kind of quite healthy in trading, learning off yeah. other people as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, well, a couple of things to add here that in my eyes, um, as somebody who, you know, starting out or not even like, you know, five or six years in the game, I say, just hammer down two pairs and like you said it's not about always trying to find like new strategies no it's actually understanding how a pair moves so the best way actually to go about this is by trading live markets you know uh, i've talked about this many hundred times on this podcast about demos so demos, all nice that um you can backtest on demos and you know but if you have real money in a real live market You really understand how a pair moves with your psychology to it and um, what's also interesting what you just mentioned about finding strategies like look everybody you know everybody can come up with a strategy but I think the problem is is that everyone's caught up in finding a strategy instead of working on themselves Uh, because in essence I think I talked about this in one of my latest podcasts as well that you can have a strategy with like a 90% strike rate you know and yet I'm pretty sure most people are still going to end up losing money in the long run, yeah. because it's not about strategy; it's about how you're psychologically prepared for the market, because the market's going to rip you apart if you're not ready for it, because that's all it that's always going to do. Um, and that mechanical approach is what we're in essence looking for, and I think that's what you kind of understood. I reckon in the last four months that you need yeah. a strict approach.
1: Exactly that, man.
0: Okay. And Um, how did you go about uh, finding this approach or what are the things you did or what are the things you do, you know, to work on that? So
1: my strategy kind of involves two types of trades now. So it's I call them edge trades and then mid trades and the edge trades refer to uh, rally base drop zones. So you're on supply and demand then? Yeah, it's kind of like a modification of supply and demand. So, kind gotcha. of, you know, quite simply approach, the approaches is supply and demand, but I, I, I kind of noticed kind of certain specific characteristics of these supply-demand chain uh, trades that would work in the in situations where they work, and situations where they didn't work. And I mean, I study at physics at university. yeah. So I kind of approach this kind of from, like, the same standpoint as I would do a lab in terms of I like, try and find some, like, evidence to back what I think is working.
0: That's interesting. And I
1: backtest that and then i started over time noticing on especially on the pound pairs that this these intricacies were working and they they basically hammer down you start out in kind of like a macro time frame so i start out on the four hour or 12 hour or daily where i'm looking for one of these zones gotcha. and then i'm hammering down into like a mid-time frame which is going to be in my four hour or one hour where i'm looking for like a characteristic within that zone yeah that i've seen before and then for the particular entry area that which is i mean like i've been telling you about kind of like really been focusing on r at the moment almost thinking a bit like you know i've seen a couple of the offshore keys guys and um on twitter and they're like they're obsessed with r and i kind of that kind of inspired me to kind of become more r focused in the to like oh i'm making all these pips because
0: could you maybe explain for the people out there what you mean by r because i'm not sure that everybody would understand that yeah
1: so r is in terms of it's it's a measure of how many times you make um on your initial risk right so in terms of i've gone from risking like 20 30 pips now to like maximum maybe seven pips yeah um because i've become like obsessive over finding high r entries so um so like a high r entry would be like okay i've done like a one to five or one to ten um instead of instead of like focusing on the one to twos that i was with cartel there's nothing wrong with that but i think that it was just something in my brain that just wanted to become obsessed with these
0: yeah.
1: higher entries. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, in essence, on the 15 minute and 30 minute time frame is where I can kind of find details in previous price action within that, that form these zones. Mm-hmm. Um, and those lead me to finding these precise entry areas, which are in a sense kind of like engulfing can, focusing on, on patterns of engulfing candles or patterns of kind of zones within zones um and then certain wickery tests and stuff like that and then in months after the zones, there's like loads of criteria that I have yeah. uh, for finding these areas. And yeah, I mean like that is um particularly in the in the weeks before obviously Biden's election the the election or whatever whatever went on with that. Yeah. Um it was working really well. Like I was doing I was doing some good percentages and then you know maybe what I'm fi- while what I'm focusing on is some sort of like algorithmic uh intricacy with the markets and that's what i'm spotting and so when the uh tr- the election came um i had like two really bad weeks where nothing was hitting as it has for like the last uh probably two three months yeah um and so yeah then that kind of made me think oh like i went into this mindset which is another you know thing that you go through as a new trader is like oh like my strategy suddenly stopped working yeah i'm a bad trader um nothing works yeah. I'm just, you know i'm i'm not doing very well and then you start doing this negative spiral you know i'm a young a young trader in this space so yeah. i'm gonna suffer with these
0: th- these things but yeah, we, we both are. so i can definitely yeah. relate to you right there yeah
1: yeah um and then from there you know now you know obviously on christmas time we've got these kind of weird this weird kind of liquidity uh, in the market where it's kind of holidays but we've also got brexit going on and then we've got kind of the dollar de- completely devaluing at the moment and yeah so it's all a little bit wishy-washy at the moment i'm i'm not trading at the moment i'm just kind of back testing trying to trying to learn yeah uh, trying to like check check everything's like check over everything uh get some more data yeah Um, but i'm just more relaxing now you know mm-hmm. i actually have not had a mental rest from trading my degree and since March uh, and maybe that's normal for traders but for me like I need some this time off is just feeling like so valuable for me
0: yeah same right I I decided to take these two weeks off two and a half weeks off to fully focus on University as well but yet I'm focused on University I can feel the you know pressure taken off from uh, charts and everything yeah yeah I read fun I read fundamentals here and there to keep uh, myself in check but yeah, certainly. I do believe you need a uh, reset once in a while. Like it's, it's human to uh, have that. You're not a robot. It's, you're going to fail yeah. hard if you're not going to do that.
1: I think it's interesting because we are, everyone's like, Oh, you've got to be a robot. You've got to be, you've got to execute no emotion. But I feel like, you know, maybe emotion in trading is kind of split into two categories where you have the kind of healthy emotion that helps you, you know, some sort of complex pattern recognition going in your trades that's making you have this, this kind of urge to make a decision yeah in existence. and then there's a bad emotion that goes oh you know doubt your entry doubt your stop, doubt um, yeah i this, think or, um how do you feel after trade etc like i think it's about separating those two i think it's the, being like just become a robot
0: yeah i think it's categorizing those two in what i call emotion and emotionalism so what you um, mentioned as a good one is essentially emotion which is normal like you may feel a little anxious here and there or like you know it we're human that's okay but emotionalism is when we let the emotions take over and that's a negative one that you talked about essentially there's a lot of books on this but you learn this as you go and if you can really pinpoint this in yourself when your emotionalism is in play you have to work on calming that emotionalism down because emotionalism is what's going to get you off the path of this psychological path of becoming a good trader so completely agree here right because that's what actually kills a good trader or a trader in general is first of all, psychology, but that is the emotionalism towards everything. Because like I mentioned uh, before this little rant about our primal brain and our fear of uncertainty and us as humans, we're fully, we're just afraid of uncertainty. It is how it is, right? Because our primal brain didn't develop this instinct, but because we live in this world of technological advances that, you know, we still have that primal instinct, but in spaces such as uh, the markets, that's literally when it's going to be portrayed because we're scared of uncertainty and markets are everything but certain. Hence that's where uh, the emotions come out. And you know, in a really deep analysis, essentially I uh, read by some psychologists, it's literally as if there's a fear of death when you're trading for some people because the primal brain cannot, Actually tell the difference between the fear of uncertainty in front of a tiger for example back in the day or in front of the charts Which you don't know what's gonna happen. So If you can really pinpoint that I reckon that's when uh, you can actually just uh, Relax and train your primal instincts or not primal instinct, but I'd say train yourself to calm your emotionalism down so adding to yeah. what you said, yeah,
1: I think putting Also like mental another thing about starting up, you know eight months in it's like don't be i was really obsessed with the money at the start um i was you know thinking oh lambo every day lambo here <laughs> lambo there and i think that's a really unhealthy mindset i think that you need to have these goals in the back of your head like maybe you definitely do piece of paper yeah but also i think becoming overly obsessed with money kind of takes away the obsession of the trading that i think you're trying to achieve i think you know almost i'm at a point now where i'm um, like healthily obsessed with trading um, in opposed to the kind of obsession of money that I had at the start of trading. Look, um, I think, And that's helping me a lot.
0: I think that's also a good way to look at it. But I do believe that we are taught to look at wanting money as a bad thing. So I think when we say, yeah, I trade because I want money, there's nothing bad about it. But I yeah. think when you're making... When you're in a trade and you're only looking at the dollar figure, that's that's problematic. But saying that, yeah, I'm trading because I want a better future, a a bigger house, more financial freedom. I don't think that's a problematic issue. And that's also something that's hammered down maybe into people since a young age that, oh, yeah, wanting money, wanting so much money is a bad thing because money is the root of all evil. Well, I don't believe in that. I think having or wanting money is a good thing, right? Because it brings a lot of opportunity. So I think yeah, it's a healthy reason, obsession. I think it could be a healthy obsession.
1: Yeah. I guess the reason we trade is, I guess, like, like it's of, not like you're like trading, it's thing. not like
0: you're making pips just because, yeah, of course you like it, but you know, you, you're trying to get paid because <laughs> that's yeah. your job. So I think it,
1: what I meant more at that point is like, in the start when you're learning, mm-hmm. like, I think we're bombarded with people on Instagram that, you know, and some people out there are very good traders and just naturally and maybe, and they they kind of, it's kind of clicked for them very mm-hmm. early on. But I think, you know, for the average trader, you're not going to like get into this and then two months in have an FTMO funded account. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the generic generic goal at the moment for most like new traders, I think. I mean, and uh... that's definitely been the case like with me, like I have not, got, I'm not funded yet. Um, I failed a challenge at trying to do, uh, this, click funders challenge, but it was a bit sketchy to be honest. So yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, and so, you know, I think that the Instagram kind of gives us this, this expectation that we're going to suddenly become all these profitable traders. But, you know, that actually has, there's that big step of hard work before actually re- reaching that point that yeah, I'm kind of it. edging forward with my confidence to like be taking FTMO probably start of the next year. Yeah. Um, well, it's
0: It's a business like. It's, it never was a hobby. It never was a side hustle. Anything, like I mentioned many times, like on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it may be, it's It's never a passive income stream in the first, I don't know, maybe even five years. Like, It's not like you're gonna... It just isn't. You're not gonna start trading and in six months you're gonna be uh, sitting on a, a lot of cash. I mean, look, if you have a good strategy and your psychology is already in check, yes, that it's possible for given individuals. But overall, it never was a side hustle. Like... They just gave a bad name to it I guess in the in the social media industry that you know it's a quick it's a get rich quick scheme which it isn't
1: yeah no exactly but I think it's just particularly important for these any new trader out there just don't feel bogged down or don't feel this kind of overwhelming mental pressure that you've got to pass your have to right within a certain amount of time like it I think everything just needs to kind of act as a flow as long as you're dedicating time to this kind of like trying to learn yeah um, all the time then it will everything will come as, yeah. as it does you know
0: yeah i think i think the one thing i can literally tell outright to a starting trader is listen you're gonna have to put in a lot of hours into this understanding what works and what doesn't you're supposed you're gonna have to um be ready to lose and maybe even lose a lot uh 90 of traders fail so don't expect this to be an easy road and if you really can understand and embark on this journey from that thought sure if you actually put in the hours you can make it yes but other way you can't put it like you can't color code it by saying oh it's going to be easy oh it's going to be so good no it really isn't like you're going to lose guaranteed and you're going to think you're failing and you're going to think that it's all going collapsing and you're going to have failing it's it's just going to happen right you just have to go through it or don't even start with it
1: that idea that was failure as well is quite important i think especially in my journey like in that time period where I, you know, I felt like I was on top of the world when yeah. I was doing like 20, 30 hour a week yeah. before the election. And then, you know, the election hit and I was like losing like I don't know, five hour a week or four hour, three hours. I, like, I was like, what the hell's going on? Like yeah. suddenly it's all gone. It's all gone. Like kind of like uh, all gone wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, you start, you start filling your brain with uh, these like thoughts of like, Oh man, have I failed? Have I like, has this gone wrong?
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, it's, I thought that, you know, I've been meditating since March as well, like properly uh, dedicated to it. And then, you know, i see that hit and then I think something with meditation that's helped me a lot is very early on into that kind of dilemma of me feeling like I've failed. I realized that, in you know, like I kind of had the realization about it, when my brain was telling me, I kind of understood what my brain was telling me yeah. in terms of like, I knew that this actually wasn't like me failing. This is all part of the journey. And like, but it was just kind of like my brain overwhelming me with thoughts because maybe like I had this kind of partial addiction to the dopamine of doing really well in the weeks before. Yeah. Um. And suddenly you're hit with this kind of wall.
0: Yeah. And I think a, a failure is also a huge word because in my eyes, in my agenda, in my plan, look, failure is when you have a game plan set out and one day you decide to go um, away from your game plan. I think that's a failure. I think if you're having a week uh, or two weeks where you're following your plan and you're going negative 5R but previously you went 20 R, 30 R a week I mean that's not a failure that's you're going according to your plan and it's just your set of rules that you set out for yourself are not working and if you can understand that and you can accept that and you know that your strategy is working in the current market conditions you don't worry about it you just carry on and doing everything because also, what I see a lot of people do is they would have a system, they would have a winning week. I mean, I even did that. Uh, it's like I would have a winning week or two winning weeks and then uh, I would start losing. For example, in the beginning of the week, so towards the end of the week, I'll start placing half positions, you know? It, and look, to a third, like to a person outside of this story, they'd probably think like, why would you do that? Your game plan is literally written on your paper. Why would you do that? But when you're in the moment, it's like, oh, you know, I, lost, I really lost like 5%. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm only gonna go half, half a percent on my next trade, even though it's the exa- It's a good probability trade according to your plan. So those little things is that's failure in my eyes. I think when you're sticking to your plan accordingly to your risk management, I think that's you're still winning. I rather follow the plan yeah. and uh, make them like it's not even a mistake. I rather follow the plan and take a loss, than not follow the plan take a loss, and then sulk about it because I was dumb enough to go off the plan. Yep, exactly, I completely agree. I wanted to ask you, how. so you're in university, I'm in university, how do you manage to, because you say you trade on 30 minutes and 15 minutes, how do you manage time for uni and looking at charts? Because looking at 15 minute charts isn't easy because I don't do that.
1: Yeah, so with the 15, 30 minutes, i look for artifacts in previous price action so my strategy kind of works in the way that i can basically have this period at 7 p.m each evening and i'll chart up for an hour and okay. i'll really you know so my my kind of process is that i'll meditate just before going into that that period yeah i'll listen to exactly the same background binaural beat yeah while i'm listening while i'm charting up and i've done that for like the last few months and I, I feel like that's putting my brain into this kind of uh, state of mind that I'm very focused and very I associate that focus with me charting up. So maybe I'm not ma- I'm making less mistakes when I'm charting up. Um, and that charting up re- involves reviewing the previous day and then um, then recharting up i'm like looking a bit of fundamental. I'm not too much of a fundamental tra- trader. i have more just like pick. I may just look at like one economist from Twitter if I can find it. Yeah. Uh, let me see who it is. This guy. So Forex Live. Yeah, I read and then what else? This guy called so I'm just trying to find this his name is, Mark Andre Fong Gun. It just gives like a really general overview of what's happening with Brexit that's really easy to understand. Yeah, I'll link it down in the description evolve. for everybody
0: to check it out. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's uh, but yeah, really, really useful at the moment for me and my like, trading. And then I'll just chart up. And then my period of when I'm actually going to be in the charts and trying to learn from them. Um, because the only time I need to be on the charts actively on the 15-minute is if I'm taking the edge trade. My mid-trades are artifacts in the 15-30-minute price action that form the zone that I can just set and forget. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, kind of, I'll get up early, maybe like 7, 6.30. Um, I don't know if that's early for other people, but it's early for me. Um and then I'll basically spend from London Open plus two hours on the charts. Um and so I'm only really gonna be taking edge trades uh after the London Open. I find that two hours after the London Open or one and a half hour London Open. We usually have that kind of manipulation move in the London Open where it's kind of like sending price one direction and then kind of flips in another direction um on certain days. Um and I found that to to kind of be my period. And then from then on, um, you know, I've got all my pending set, I've got all my alerts set, I've just bought an Apple watch, um, to kind of get my alerts onto my wrists and I cannot. I don't have to have my phone, I don't have to have any notifications, I'd literally just, it will buzz if I'm studying during the day and then I'll go and like obviously journal that trade. But, um, yeah, I think in terms of like just setting certain times when you're on the charts, like getting up, meditating, yeah um eating I, I don't eat until 12 i try and fast until yeah. 12 because then i feel like my brain isn't digesting food um and so i'm well, not brain but obviously stomach and then a lot of the energy from your brain gets extracted into your stomach as soon as you start digesting and so i feel like i have a lot more mental clarity in the morning um you know drinking a ton of water in the morning uh that all these little things have helped me uh have like that really focused period of time then i break my fast and then i study Um yeah like, uni isn't very demanding uh, before 10 a.m. I got really lucky with my schedule this year going back to uni after summer. Right. Um, but, you know, someone's trying to manage it while at university. They've got to be really strict with like times, write everything down, have a really specific plan with stuff you're going to do during the day. Yeah. Um, that's, those are kind of the things that I found that really helped me manage stuff, like limiting the time, especially. Don't, don't like try and, uh, take your focus off the uni work when you're trying to study for that by getting distracted with something that's going on trading like you should only have your mental state in trading at certain times I think
0: totally agreed at least for me that's totally agreed like we we might have different strategies but interestingly enough I also only check the charts every four hours for the candle closes because I as you may know and the followers um, or the listeners may know that I only trade on pendings really rarely yeah. do I trade live and um, I also just check every four hours if there's anything interesting but most of my pendings already set out uh, during the week you know in the evenings or in the early mornings I'll just look for the day and look for the bigger opportunities because I'm not I don't look at like small time frames I just look at the bigger picture and then from there I like to swing out that's what I'm getting into as well is swinging out positions like we're talking I don't know two 300 400 because lately as well on I I noticed on Gcat and GJ, if I look on the bigger picture, I could be uh, going in for higher uh, pips uh, than like one-to-one ratios. For example, GCAD really nice trade I had a week or two ago. It was just like, uh,
1: yeah, that mad trade.
0: Yeah, set and forget, I think 430 yes. pips, you know, yeah, it ran That's for a, a day or something or three. And then, yeah, you know, I didn't look at the charts because I knew I had that trade running. So it covered the week, I think. And that was pretty uh, nifty, so I-, I like to focus on that, and that's also how I um, manage it for uni, because luckily enough, everything's online now as well, so uh, I don't have to get get out of my house, and all of our lectures are pre-recorded, so that's pretty nice, but if uni is going to get back into uh, on-campus mode, then uh, it's going to be back to the wake-up at 5am, look for uh, pendings, and then just uh, set and forget kind of a mindset.
1: Yeah. yeah i found that the whole online thing i think that in this t- in these times like everyone around me that's my age is just so negative like oh we can't go partying we can't go out we can't get like mashed up um can't see these people you know the world's going to end it's also negative but i think like you just go there's nothing we can do now that can change anything that's going on
0: you can so, change yourself
1: yeah exactly like, yeah. So the only thing you can do is like change your mental approach to whatever's going on and change like how change your skill like, set change. exactly that man and that's what I try to do in March
0: yeah I think uh, something interesting is that I kind of backed away from uh, the people at university in a sense that not because I don't like them no don't get me wrong but it's be- it's it's more like you just said like it's the attitude of you know things are going AWOL in the world which they are don't get me wrong but at the end of the day, you still have a say, like if you're still living in a house and you're kind of safe, which you are, and you have food and water and stuff, you, you genuinely can just go and work on skills. It's not like it's not like anything is inhibited except for, yeah, in some countries there's curfews like in mine. But OK, go grind on something, go learn a new skill. Like, I don't know, it's, it's up to you to play a victim or to uh, actually take advantage of the situation. And that's why I also kind of uh, stepped away from people at my universities, because not many, I could say, come out with that mentality of you know I'm actually gonna better myself. But you know it's it's up to them. But I think every uh, every bad situation has their own uh, learning curves and their own opportunities in them. So it's up to you how you look at it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I think this this time period for me in my life, I you know was falling into those kind of once my options trading kind of went to to trash because of all to see the kind of vault that we got introduced with uh, COVID. Yeah. Um, I became like really negative and almost started like just going out constantly and drinking all the time and then you know this suddenly when the lockdown hit and everything started to become a bit more uh, i guess serious and everyone was like oh lockdown lockdown i was like i had this realization like this is actually such valuable time in my life because it gives me like a time where i'm not obliged to go and see anyone i'm not obliged to do anything i can literally just focus on a single task and try and like you know get good at something yeah um head down and I don't think, you know, in our lives, will we ever have, like, a break like this? I mean, the last kind of time like this was, uh, I don't know, when was when was I have no last,
0: idea. But, I mean, all the time. Or, or this is a break, or this is going to be, like, how it's going to be until forever. Who knows? Maybe, maybe this is the new, how they say, the new reality where everyone's at home and everyone's working from home. Because that's also their goal, because they want people to work from homes, and uh, they want to minimize uh, budgets on uh, buildings, etc., so
1: yeah commercial property market yeah like all of that is also
0: yeah like there's a whole conversation on that definitely outside of uh, forex which is interesting regarding how they're trying to manipulate and monopolize a lot of that uh, that industry but in essence if we do continue to see uh, this progression into like more homework uh, home environment work environment from home which i definitely see happening in the next five to ten years like i think this is going to be the new integration then i think this is the perfect opportunity for people to or get properly enslaved by the system and uh, get beaten out by the market or take advantage of the opportunities handed to them you know it's uh, one or the yeah. other yeah
1: especially not just in um in the kind of fx space you know obviously no. in lockdown it's, it's created a lot of new traders because everyone's thought oh, you learning know, a lot new skill but a lot of like new startup companies as well like loads yeah, of people have been like, oh, is i booming. can finally can finally focus on that idea i had like months ago i can finally like put invest that time and so yeah you know, i think this is super this is super we're super lucky and this is super valuable time and every day we wake up you know it's a new day
0: yeah
1: um and just you know having that positivity throughout all this negative stuff that's going on has really helped me with uh trying to, trying to obviously learn learn how to trade so, yeah um
0: yeah. talking about startups i actually want to mention that uh you um, we're working on a little project that you are uh, still working on, essentially. But now you're a little focused on uh, school, so completely makes sense. But if you maybe want to talk about it, it's about uh, so you can actually introduce it yourself. But I think the people out there listening yes. could find it interesting.
1: Yeah. So um obviously, when I was learning to trade, I was realizing like, what is what is the kind of edge that a lot of these traders? So a lot of traders like obviously chop in the same way, they do the same stuff. But there's some sort of you know edge that's that's occurring in their head maybe um, when they kind of have learned how a pair moves. And so I was thinking, okay, how can I kind of extract this complex with passion recognition that's going on um, in the kind of top traders around me? Um, You know, because obviously they know their pairs so well. So I think that, you know, obviously journaling's a massive thing. But I think that a lot of people's journaling is very kind of data-based and like, you know, inputting numbers into a spreadsheet. And, you know, as good as that is, like, our brains are designed to deal with much more kind of complex tasks in terms of, you can get a computer to analyze numerical data, but our brains have incredible pattern recognition and complex pattern recognition kind of skills. I think that's why when people kind of put emphasis on training that in trading, like treating it like art, how you kind of approach the charts. I think that's how you've told me um, before. Um, That can really, that's what speeds up the kind of, learning process of a trader. So then I built, I thought, okay, how can I make a journal that puts way more emphasis on the screenshots in opposed to all this numerical data telling you how how good you are doing. Um, And so then I built out kind of a very simplified journal that allows you to kind of, it's almost like a trade manager where you would up, you put in the before screenshot, then when you're pen and you, you do that whenever you have any pendings, and then you could, it's like in a little like dashboard Um, And then when the pending hits, all you do is you go into your manager, you click on, you click on, you move it into the uh, section of uh, active trades, and then it will like obviously record the time. So then you have all that data afterwards. And then after the trade's finished, you have, you take a screenshot and you record the after screenshot. And I think that putting emphasis on looking at the before and after, visually processing it, because I think that um, as traders, we're visually processing data on the screen and then making decisions off it. We're not looking at numbers yeah. most of the time. I mean, obviously with some of the fundamentals are important with numbers, but a lot of the time it's like looking at a chart, drawing some lines or drawing some boxes and then making a decision. And so to learn from those decisions, I think you've got to learn from the thing that you're analyzing in the first place. So then I'd be, you know, um, so the screenshot journal kind of shows all of your trades and then all of the before and after photos of those trades. It's done in a really simple format. Um, it's called tradingscreenshots.com
0: yeah um, I'll, I'll leave all the links it. down so, in the description essentially
1: yeah i think this thing is offline in the moment but i will probably uh i think we put it up again
0: yeah right so it's, it's basically this journal that many people kind of want to have or say they need to have but don't have because they slack because now how, how how i did it or how my friends did it who trade they just had an excel file and google drive and how we did it is literally a link the files into an excel sheet and yeah, we'll do everything uh, manually but this essentially gives the trader so much more time because it literally cut. The problem is essentially that you're spending a lot of time on Excel, figuring out what and where and this journal gives you the solution to, you know, it's ease of access, you do it quickly, you put in all your screenshots which you take immediately from the app and then you're filling all your confluences, your stop loss, your percentages and then you can also set goals because we talked about this before which essentially you can add a lot of features in if people essentially want it. And I believe this is a really interesting um, kind of app that could be uh, prospering in this space because many people lack it. So Yeah,
1: and it's very free in terms of you can design the kind of confluences or certain types of trade that you want to use. It's all got loads of different settings. But I think also one of the features that I've... Because I've been using it kind of privately in the moment and uh, one of the things that's helped me a lot with it is like being able to drill into certain trades so I can drill into a trade that I... You know, I I, I want to see all the fifty pip losses on GCAD yeah. that I've had, or fifty pip wins, sorry, on GCAD that I've had in the last month. Um, and I go through all those. I want to look at all of this certain type of trade. So all of my edge trades on GJ for the last three weeks, Yeah. Um, etc. You can really drill down into like some specific trade trade types, and yeah. then see, you know, try and find the the visual consistencies in all those trades. Yeah, and that you know, ultimately doing that is what helped me um, Discover these you know, specific aspects of the winning trades that I have. Obviously, I have multi time frame analysis, so I've yep. been kind of experimenting with how I implement that in journal at the moment. It's kind of set for people who just kind of analyze from one time frame. Yeah. Um, or just to enter, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's really, it's like a simplifying the recording process. I think that I think... it shouldn't be like putting all these different data inputs
0: yeah i think i think it has huge potential essentially when you're uh finishing up with university i know you're in your last year but if you do get the chance i do believe that this could be a a big thing uh going out there in the market so and to help people out i think that's the biggest thing just to help people like us who also struggled with filling in the excel sheets and uh, you know everything manually in their notebooks and everything so it could be a good idea right Definitely gonna look out uh, for it when you do launch it and uh, tell everyone about it. Yeah,
1: I'll probably relaunch it and then I'll put the link in the description and anyone yeah. wants to check it out, uh, you know, message me on Instagram. I'll just give you a free key and um, you can just give me. I just really want feedback. I don't really care about the money.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Really like that approach, man. Really uh, appreciate that. So. Yeah, Josh. um, I think we covered a lot of things, how uh, you actually developed and really interesting topics that we talked about. I mean, if there's anything you would want to add or any tips you want to give or maybe any advice or on the last note.
1: Yeah, I'd say maybe just don't get trapped in these YouTube spirals or Instagram spirals. I think the most important time for learning as a trader is like actually trading or actually looking at trades you've previously taken. I think that every, all these new traders will reach this point where they have enough information to make correct decisions and they have enough to form a profitable strategy. And they, I felt this is particularly for me, but I felt like I was just so obsessed with information and flow, you know, what can I learn today? What can I learn today? But it's, it's almost not about learning. It's about kind of, um, we're not learning new information, but you have everything. Like now it's time to apply it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, probably shout out in terms of courses. Um obviously LFX Dartel and I think you know, it's a good company, but it wasn't for me in terms of the style. But the style that the I think the uh, course that I got that kind of completely changed my trading was the BFI course.
0: Oh yes. Um, I've heard that many times.
1: I, yeah, I bought that and that was the game changer. That was the uh, I bought that right at the end of the summer, hammered that out, and then now I'm uh, I'm doing okay uh yeah. from, from trading. That's so good. yeah, that and this, specifically the this psychology section is completely fascinating. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: Right. Okay. I want to thank you once again for joining.
1: Yeah, man, it's been great to be on a, you Yeah. Know, maybe maybe I'll come on again and give you a bit more of an update and. Yeah, definitely. That, right? that period.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, in half a year or something, we'll see how uh, everything goes and might get you on here again to uh, talk about your uh, development.
1: Okay. Yeah, perfect, man
0: perfect so for you guys out there i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope uh, you learned something new from a different perspective from a younger perspective someone who's in university as well and um yeah stay tuned there's more to come and on this note take care and goodbye